Things must come to a end, it seems. I'm a person that doesn't like to, I don't like to tamper with history, especially when it's a rich history that's a part of a franchise, a story franchise. It doesn't have to be my Lakers, it doesn't have to be my Raiders, it doesn't have to be my Dodgers, it doesn't even have to be my Bruins. But, um, you know, we've dealt with uh, franchises moving to different states. We've dealt with teams changing their name, their identity. And that just somehow messes up the record books. You know, Seattle going to OKC, the Browns turning into the Ravens, only to find out that the Browns is coming back. The Oilers turning into the Titans. Uh, who the hell was the Texans that came out of nowhere? You know, um, at one point in time, we had Vancouver, Grizzlies, and the NBA. You know, remember that? I was wild. And it's just history. Um, as a Laker fan, I, uh, of course, I grew up watching. I'm a KCAL 9 kid. And, you know, I was used to, you know, watching the the second, I would say the second half of the Showtime era, KCAL 9. And they played at the Forum. You know, all the Laker games were at the Forum. That was the popping spot. It was like a club. If I'm not mistaken, they had a club downstairs and you know why i've been down there before i obviously I haven't been down to that particular location where magic and them was was partying with the celebrities and things like that but you know i you know back in high school the 2000 who was that 2000 or 2001 fremont squad i didn't play it had to be 2001 i didn't play my last year um but i was able to you know, contribute to the team and the yearbook. <laughs> I did that on purpose. So what I did, real quick story, I went to get a yearbook class. When I found out I wouldn't be able to to play basketball, um, one of my electives, as a matter of fact, not, don't let me lie, I didn't pick this class because of what happened. I had already got it because I'm interested. I love, like, photography. I don't like the 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 ins and outs of photography and knowing the... You know, the, the book work when it comes to to being a photographer, the lighting and shit like that, the different camera, cameras and the lenses and things like that. At one point, I did have a, you know, class in community college, but that's a whole nother story. But anyhow, you know, I love pictures. I love memories and things like that. So, you know, I wanted to do a, a plus. I was, you know, currently... Um, was I planning? No, I don't think I was planning or anything like that. But I, there was an opportunity for me to play. Yo, I, I, at one point I was going to play uh, football <laughs> until I see until I went to the Dorsey and Fremont game at Dorsey. Jesus Christ, and Dorsey niggas run fast and they hit hard. And that's when I decided. But I think I would have been a better football player than basketball player. Truth be told, I love everything about football. Anyhow, I, you know, I pretty much was an inside guy. I was going to get a lot, which I did. I still can't find a fucking yearbook, but I did the sports section something nice, especially basketball and football as well. Shout out, shout out to the fellas. I definitely got some Kodak moments of the fellas in that yearbook. Anyhow, the point I'm trying to make is I love history. You know what I'm saying? And and everything that comes with it. But history does, you know, the future changes as far as sports and things like that. We got to get, you know, we pretty much got to adapt to it, you know, because it's a business at the end of the day outside of the players, you know, outside of the players, outside of the coaches. There's a lot of moves to be made because there's money to be made. 
And one of the latest moves, one of the biggest moves in basketball right now is that they're changing the Staples Center name to Crypto.com. And, you know, obviously, majority, if not all, of the Laker fans uh, pretty much didn't. Uh, they don't like it. They don't like it. You know, it's, it, you know, that and, and then I've seen a lot of people say, you know, if you're going to change it, change it, change the name to the house that Kobe built. <laughs> we know we're not going to get that, obviously, but, you know, that's how they feel about it. They don't like much. And we build memories because I remember back in, in uh, 99, I graduated in 01, you know, so that I grew up with that. I grew up with that arena, you know. Um, a lot of thing, a lot of, a lot of events took place. Not just, you know. I think we got a total of six finals in there. Uh, was uh, when I say finals, we got six championships that we won. You know what I'm saying? Through that, I, I mean, well, I would say was five and a half. Because remember the bubble, but um, you know, we got a, we got we got some championships in there. And, you know, just some of the local events, you know, they will have the city championships at the Staples Center. You know, uh, they would have is I want to say the is it the Elite Eight one year at the uh, Staples Center. Um, and I think they would definitely have a pack. I think they had the Pac-12 championship. They was having a Pac-12 slash 10 between the Staples Center and the MGM Graham in, uh, in, in, in Vegas, right? So there's a lot of rich history only for that uh, arena to be, what, 21, 22 years old? Yeah, it's a lot of history that went down in there. Now, we did share that with, you know, obviously, you know, the Kings, the Clippers. Uh, I think we had an arena football team that was up in there. With the Sparks played in there, you know. So, you know, obviously, we had a lot of concerts. We had a few um, all-star games at the Staples Center. It was major, man, major. And it was it, towards the downtown area on South Fig. And they really, you know, picked it up, you know what I mean? Because that move from... That move from Inglewood to downtown was was major. We didn't know how... we not, And we didn't have a problem with it because we kind of knew that... Like the form is old, you know what I mean? It was it was one of them. And after the Lakers left, they turned the form into like a church, you know, it was church service there. And after they did their upgrading and things like that, the form is back popping because obviously it's right next to SoFi, so everything has been upgraded in the in the Inglewood area. And also the Clippers will, I mean, the Clippers. I think this will be the last season for the Clippers because they'll be playing in their new arena. Over there in um in Inglewood, you know, it's about time they got up. No, they it's it's like we're happy that they're actually growing up and getting out of the house. You know what I mean? After spending so many years in the basement, <laughs> uh, the house that Kobe built. You know what I mean? Because um, they didn't play in the form; they played in the uh, the sports arena, which was further down on Fig, going south. <laughs> So, and it's one of those things where we got a, one of our popular malls out here, um, you know, besides the Beverly Center, besides, you know, I mean, we got, a, we got a plethora of malls out here, but the most popular mall that we have is called 
Um, well, now they call it the Westfield something, but we've always called it the Fox Hills Mall. That was the original name was the Fox Hills Mall. And we were, and it's not one of those things where, because when they did announce that, I want to say they announced that this year or last year, same, it was the same because even when they did the upgrades on the Fox Hills Mall, we still called it the Fox Hills Mall. They said coming soon, you know, they're changing the whole name and things like that because I think that change came around a time where, or they started to have it in motion once, you know, they finally picked the area where the, the, uh, the Rams and the Chargers was going to play. So when they penciled in on Inglewood, you know, Inglewood is is literally, you know, not too far away. You know, it's not too far. Inglewood, I mean, well, Inglewood and Culver City, um, you know, they're not, it's not like they're exactly next to each other, but they're not far away. Besides, if you're going to do, you know, for people that's flying in, and, you know, visiting and tours and things like that. That is the closest mall we have. So, um, but what I'm trying to say is that people that was born and raised in L.A., we always looked at it as the Fox Hills Mall. Same thing that we're going to do with the Staples Center. I think, you know, the jokes had already came out. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen the clip with Westbrook in the press conference. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to play on the name because of our history with gangs and stuff like that. The Crypto, Crip, the Crip Arena. We're going to have those jokes Probably forever, you know, unless they change the name again. But, you know, today, which is December 6th, they are actually taking it. They're actually changing the name now. But I think they're not supposed to announce it or something like that until uh, Christmas. So, you know, um that's where we're at, uh, you know, and, and it is one of those things where you would like to believe that some, you know, our the people that run the, our franchise, you know, and then the people that actually own the building, you know, that's a different, you know, that's two different, you know, front offices, you know what I mean? And, you know, even though we know when we talk about um, the bus family, you know, they look out for the fans. Not only do they look out for us by trying to go out there and get the best entertainment possible for us, you know, they um, they definitely listen. You know what I mean? It's just not one of those things where they want it to happen. They listen to us to see what else they could do to make it happen as well. So shout out to them. But, you know, when it comes to renting the building and things like that, that's a whole totally different ball game. Honestly, you know, they would do whatever they can do to keep their fans happy. But some stuff is just not under their control. But just to give you all a little history on, um, you know, basically the history on the Staples Center. It was it was uh, it opened back in 1999. Uh, I want to say somewhere in October or something like that. And I re and the only reason why I remember that is because basketball season was just about to it was right around a corner, you know what I mean? Right around a corner, and that's where the uh, city championship would be at. So, I, and I remember my boy, uh, my boy Chev. He was like one of the first ones to go to a Laker game, and it was like you know because at the time that was the newest arena, you know, in in basically in American sports at the time. You know what I'm saying? And it was a big deal because it was their arena was built for, 
you know what I'm saying, the Lakers, obviously the other teams are going to come along, but we're going to be the headliners because we're the most popular team in the city. Um, yeah, and then since then, I mean, you know, for a franchise that has... A franchise that has been here for, what, 20, 20 plus years delivered just with the Lakers alone because, I, you know, I, the Sparks played their part. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize for any uh, Clipper fans, you know, any arena football fans because I don't remember them delivering the championship in that one. I gotta check on the Kings, cause I, I when it comes to the Kings, I only check on them when it comes to the postseason. But you know, um, my Lakers definitely delivered, delivering six championships in in 22 years. That's not that's not bad. That's not bad at all. You know what I mean? So again, I, I still think that you know, for the most part, we'll still continue to call it the Staples Center. But we're definitely going to have to play on the words based off of, you know, you know, shout out to Nip. I, I, I know if Nip was alive, he would have a, a, a field day with this name. You know what I'm saying? The crypt, the crypto arena. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but one of the most memorable events. Um, I'm going to name three. I'm going to name three. And there's, there's, a, there's a plethora of them, but two had nothing to do with sports at all. And that is the that is the the services, the what do you want? I, I can't think of. I'm trying to say this in another way, but, it, you know, I, I don't think I can. But both funerals of. Um, Nipsey Hussle and Michael Jackson. Those are the only two celebrities that has had a funeral um, at the Staples Center. You know, that shows you the magnitude. Obviously, Michael Jackson could could have a funeral anywhere, but that just shows you the the love and the respect and how big Nipsey was to L.A. in general. That you know he had his his service at at the arena. And then obviously, um, it's kind of like a two parter, but they, they had, they had a, you know, obviously Kobe's service as well, but it was more so of a, this was, uh, I don't consider it a funeral because they, they definitely had a, a private funeral. This was more of a gathering, uh, to pay our respects because, you know, they allow fans in. Same thing with Nip. Um, you know, they allow fans in and things like that. But it was more so of a um, of a gathering than, than a funeral, even though it definitely felt like it because, of, you know, we lost the we lost the one player. No, we lost the one family member because we grew up with Kobe. You know what I mean? So we looked at him as younger, older brother cousin, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's been out here since he was, what, 17? Or, or at least he's been, you know, in our eyes. And we've been having knowledge of him since he was, you know, 17 years old, you know. Um, so not only that, but I didn't want to bring up his service to, to compare it to Nips and, and Michael's. It was more so of the 
the his actual career funeral, uh, which was a celebration, but sad because uh, a lot of people got emotional when he retired. You know what I mean? Because, again, this was one of the very few athletes that stayed with a franchise his whole entire career. And we watched his ups and downs, you know, and we was there through everything. And, you know, the 60 that he dropped on Utah will forever be like that's cemented. And I, I, and, I, and I will say this, and I'm not saying this as disrespect, even though we pick on the Clippers a lot. And sometimes rightfully so. But when I tell you that 60-point game, that last game that he had was probably more important than any Clipper game inside the Staples Center. No lie. No lie. More memorable than any Clippers game inside the Staples Center. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the, the Staples Center have... So many memories, rich history within a, a short amount of years. You, if you really think about it, it, it was one of the, it's the youngest, one of the youngest arenas, you know, in sports right now. Well, I mean, no longer, as far as under the Stable Center name, you know what I'm saying? From, from 1999 all the way to 2021, you know, it's, it's, don't get me wrong, that's, that's a bulk, that's almost half of my life. That's literally almost half of my life. You know what I mean? So I, I wanna I, I am downplaying and saying it's not that long, but what you know, like I said, I I'm a person that that rolls with history. I'm I'm a person that respects my elders, so on and so on. So the shit that they built back in, you know, probably before there was even colors. <laughs> when shit was in black and white, I I joke with the elders and say, if you niggas was born before 1940, 1950, you niggas was in black and white. But, um, you know, I respect what they, you know, how certain stadiums and arenas was built and things like that, like the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is the oldest stadium that we got out here. You know what I mean? My Raiders used to play in, um, in the, uh, the what you call it, uh, stadium in, in Oakland, where the athletic age used to play, you know, half of the goddamn season, um, it was a goddamn baseball diamond on the goddamn field. You know, it'd be hard for not only the away team, but damn our kicker to kick field goals because, you know, that should be in the middle of the goddamn diamond. I mean, not in the middle of the dirt. Um, just rich, rich history, man. A lot of rich history inside the Staples Center. But again, like I said, it'll always be called the Staples Center. You know what I mean? We're going to have our jokes with the crypto. And, you know, it's going to take some time to get used to. Maybe, and I, I believe there's going to be a large portion of people that never get used to it. You know what I mean? That, you know, some people are just, they, they cool with being stubborn like that. And I'm not even mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. What the hell? 12 cow, man. Holla at me real quick, man. What the hell is going on with my Raiders? You know what? I know what's going on. I know we had, we didn't have Dan Waller. Um, but it's still no excuse. I know in the beginning of the season and games throughout the season, Washington, the Washington football team has played some great defense. They have. But they're also just a it's a bottom shelf team. They play with a lot of heart. 
And anytime a team catch fire, it could be it could be hard to stop them, right? We got ourselves in a, a low scoring game. We got I wouldn't I wouldn't consider us having a high powered offense because we're not consistent enough for that. We don't have our number one receiver. Obviously, we already know about the other receiver that we lost earlier this season. So if you really think about it, you know, we're down two, we're down uh and out without our two two uh receivers. One we knew wasn't coming back. Um, but you know, Darren Waller did get injured in that Dallas game. All I can say is there's a certain type of coach that the Raiders need. And that coach is a coach that can put them in a position to either sustain a lead or coach them to the point where they're never out of a game. And that's where we're at. Because if you look at the games that we played, we lost some games that we shouldn't have lost. When you look at back, look back at that Chicago game, when you look back at the Giants game, uh, even the Washington game. Those three games right there, you have to win. You have to win those three games in order to can compete with Kansas City, who has started off pretty slow, but now they're back up two games. You know, recently, you know, they just beat Denver, and Denver was, was predicted to be at the bottom as well. You know, the Chargers fell off a little bit, but they're back and forth. So now it's a dogfight within the AFC West, which that's just, you know, that we've had some seasons where that's not exactly, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a normal thing, but then there's always a team that pulls away. Remember at one point, we damn near could have got three teams into the playoffs. We were, I think it was 2000, it could have been 2016, the year, the, the last year that we did go to the playoffs. We could have got, I think we could have got three teams in there. Um, but yeah, we're just not consistent enough. Now, I will say there were certain plays, the Max Crosby play. I want to say um, there was a, I want to say there was a couple of pass interferences, but those are iffy. There were a couple of plays where I'm like, where the fuck did they get these rules from? And now they keep giving me this, you know, they're trying to make the sport as safe as possible. It's like literally that game right there showed me that you literally can't really do anything to the quarterback. And if your momentum is is too much, sober, bro, your momentum can go against you. And, you know, and there was a play where Crosby hit the quarterback. Um, and I want to say, I'm not sure if he got the sack or if he just got the hit if he got the head off, but they said because he pushed up off of the quarterback that that was unnecessary roughness. Then there was a play where our one of our, was it one of our DBs? One of our DBs had to go low. And these are hits that they've been teaching kids since before I was born how to hit. You got to go low. Because if you go up high, if you go up high with a, a running back, fullback, tight end, or even some of these big receivers... Nah, man. Unless you unless you come in with the wood, bro, they about they about to run right over you. Even if you do hold on to them and take them down, that's still about two or three yards, maybe even four yards that they're gonna hit and fall forward because their momentum. So 
what they teach you to hit low. Take the legs out. And for what I saw was a regular ass hit was a good play. They said that I forgot what I've never heard of it. Okay, first of all, they said they changed the rule this year. But I'm not sure what the what the term is to call. I'm not sure what they call it, but obviously we can't the defender can't hit low. So you can't hit high. You can't hit in the face. The face mask can't hit the helmet anywhere above the neck and you can't take out the legs. But the the offensive player is usually is not standing straight up, especially a skilled player. So how are you supposed to hit them? You know what I mean? Like, how are you supposed to stop them from gaining a for uh, a first down or, or, or extra yardage or something like that if you're not able to hit them properly to stop them for the yardage? Very confusing. And what I, the only reason why I'm saying that is because these are certain plays that change the landscape of the game. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't one of those things like it was up. The game was up in the air the whole game. Now I'm pretty sure being on being a you know, a Washington football player fan, I mean, Washington football team fan, you would disagree. But some of this stuff is, I don't care who it happens to. Like, some of these causes is, it changes the game. You know what I mean? It really changes the game because it stops the momentum from the defensive player. Not only that, when you look at, when you break teams down from, from uh, when you break teams down individually, the narrative for the Washington team is that the way they they have been winning games is chewing up the clock. So when it was our opportunity to get off the field, which was a few times during important times of the games, they extended their drive based off of the penalties. And I can honestly tell you some of those were BS. Not saying that our, the Rev actually took the game from us. I can't fully say that but we're not the type of team that can make up for bs calls you know what i mean because nobody's going to sit up there and complain that much if you end up winning the game going through all that obviously not right you let let bygones be bygones but you never really know which which call changes the landscape of the game in some cases you can you can see that because it's deflating to a certain degree Especially when you're actually playing hard. If there's an offense out there that you could barely stop and then you finally put them in a position where you can stop them and then the flag is thrown, bro, that hurts. That hurts. But no excuse, though. We definitely have to play better. You know what I mean? And I'm not I'm not willing to chalk this season up just yet. Um I think we have a chance, you know, if we was to, you know, obviously to win out, then we got something to talk about, but we still have to play the rest of our division. Another, you know, again. So those are three divisional. We have three divisional games left, and we have to win those. You know, that Kansas City game is going to be tough. You know, last year we did split with them, but it's a whole totally different roster. The Denver game, we like to sweep them. And we have to split with San Diego. And right now, that AFC picture, that playoff picture is, is, is a tight race. You know what I mean? The only thing that we can hang our hat on is that early W we got at week one against the Ravens. You know? Um, but by, you know, I, I want to say the Bengals kind of hurt us because the Bengals actually beat us. That was another game that we should have won. 
the Bengals actually the Bengals beat us but lost to the Chargers. You know, and we also lost to the Chargers. So there's a lot of tiebreakers that, you know, that's still pending. You know, I, obviously we won't get that, you know, uh, that Bengals one. That was one game. You know what I mean? So they got the upper hand on us, you know. Um, but we almost need, like, it's like now we need the Bengals to win, <laughs> to win out and win that division because we'll have the tiebreaker against um Baltimore. We'll see. A lot of things have to play out. You know, this is this is the fun part of the year where all the mathematics and teams need help and all this shit has to go a certain way. This is the fun part. Until your team is mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, it's still kind of fun. You know what I'm saying? It's still fun to watch. Um, that's it. Not much Laker talk. I know we play tomorrow against Boston. Uh the the two story franchise that's playing like bums right now. We're both eighth in 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 both conferences, and yeah, I mean I haven't been watching much. I think I watched maybe about two or three Boston games, but haven't been watching much. Um, so I can't really tell you what their issue is. But as far as our issue, it seemed like at one point we we had tried to figure it out. The main thing is we don't. Our three-point perimeter defense is not it. Not only that, we have a problem with keeping a lead. So now when we go up anywhere between 10 to 20 points, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we don't know how to defend the three, and it's like we let our, we let our foot off the gas. So, you know, teams are not scared of the Lakers at all. You know, we do have an older team. And I can't help but to believe that it's a, it's a coasting type of vibe that this team is going with. At the same time, still trying to figure out the perfect lineup. You know, switching DJ out for uh, for Dwight. We see that Kim Baysmore hasn't been in the lineup for a few games. Where you know Trevor is getting closer to to returning. You know, we definitely need Kendrick Nunn to play a little bit more. Um, even though he's been in street clothes, it's a lot. You know, THT is a good addition. You know, I'm glad he's back, but he's been making a few bad decisions on the court. Um, and we've been looking for him because he's one of the best. He's he's one of the best uh, guards that we have that gets to the hole and can shoot like and without. You know, his confidence is crazy. You know, um, but yeah, there's no defense, bro. And the offense is not, the thing about it is we got, we got, we can score, but we're just not scoring consistently. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll see. You know what I mean? It definitely has to be a change. You know, I, I think we pay attention to the standings a little bit more when teams are jockeying for a position for the playoffs. And that's after the All-Star weekend. But, you know, come, the, you know, December, the, the Christmas game, I think that's when shit needs to start turning around. Because after that, after the, after the Christmas games, um, that's when we're playing for the All-Star weekend. You know what I mean? Playing for the All-Star weekend. Might take a couple of games off before All-Star weekend. But after that, it's all business, all hard hats. 
So we'll see. Open run with BTG. By the grace of God, I'll see y'all next week.